Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Hello, ABGs and ABBs. Today, we thought it would be fun to have some girl talk, bringing it back to the vibe of some of our earliest episodes, sitting around a table, drinking a little bit of wine, or in this case, I'm having water and tea, (laughs) and talking mostly, you know, off the cuff, just kind of hanging out. Yeah, so last year, we shared some of the Asian American women in media who inspire us in life and in work. So that's episode 108, if you want to check that out. With this episode, we want to celebrate our Asian men, especially in pop culture who've done some really cool things with their careers, and who we personally think, you know, are kind of hot. However, each of us defines, you know, hot in quotation marks. It's also a fat middle finger to the notion that Asian men are not appealing. Not long ago, Asian men were only given the opportunity to play a narrow range of characters from kung fu masters and perilous immigrants with strong accents to marginalized villains and criminals. In most cases, Asian American actors were not given the chance to be dynamic, three-dimensional characters. But times have changed. We've loved seeing the landscape of Asian representation expand over the years from the dramas we grew up watching with our parents to the OG YouTube days in the early 2000s to today. Our references will pull from the global media and pop culture we've enjoyed throughout our lives. You'll probably recognize many names and hopefully feel intrigued to look up the ones that you don't. Give them some Google searches. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So who was your first Asian male Hollywood crush? Mel and Janet, and why? Jay, why don't you start? Mm, yeah, okay. So I tried to like really dig into the recesses of my memory to think about who was the first, you know, person that I saw. And uh, for me, it actually didn't really happen until like junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. And it was around that time in the 90s that um, a little movie called Better Luck Tomorrow came out in 2002. And that was honestly the first time that I feel like there was significant um, Asian characters that were portrayed 
for my teenage self to find like attractive. Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually not the main character. Uh, and he is an actor who's famous today. Um, he played like a side character role and it was John Cho's character in Better Luck Tomorrow. Um, I found, I don't know, I found that he was really attractive. He had kind of the more, you guys know my type, it's like kind of the more pretty boy, mm-hmm. slightly more feminine than kind of the the other male characters in that movie. I know, I think I remember hearing Helen said she also referenced that Better Luck Tomorrow was like one of the first movies you mm-hmm. saw, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, Jay, so I feel like Better Luck Tomorrow for our generation was a very impactful movie because I will say that my first Asian male Hollywood crush was also from that movie. And it was the main character, Perry <laughs> Chen. I thought he was really hot. Like that, that was my first Asian Hollywood crush. And like you were saying, it was the first time I related to the characters on the screen so much and just seeing Asian representation. And he was just like such a likable character, such a sweet guy, so innocent, yet like badass at the same time. So he was he was my crush, but I feel like I didn't get to go down any like rabbit holes of being able to follow him and see what he's up to and mm-hmm. what else he's working on and things like that. So I think it was pretty short lived. But if I dig into the recesses of teenage Helen's mind, I'm pretty sure he was he was the first one. Hot cast alert. Yes. It's so funny because um, I actually remember because the three of us were at Phil's Rise panel and Perry Shen was on the panel, and Helen tells both Jen and myself, she goes, that's my first Asian crush. <laughs> oh my god, he's sitting up there. And I was like, Perry Shen? Next to my now husband, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So I had, I had, a, I remember that was your crush. And honestly, Jay, John Cho was like a classic, classic choice. Yeah, Mine's a little yeah. different. Yeah, I was, for me, I was like, I don't know if this one counts as Hollywood, but I have two, just to be safe. Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> oh, that's Well, I was going to say yeah. Tuxedo Mask, but does it count? <laughs> I don't know. I don't just consider Hollywood because it's like an anime, but I feel like mainstream media, like we grew up watching Sailor Moon yeah. and I yeah, remember yeah. being so obsessed with that show and I thought Darian was just freaking dreamy as mm-hmm. F. And yeah, I just, I loved, I loved Tuxedo Mask. If I just say mainstream, the person that comes to mind, and I don't know if anyone else out there remembers, but Michael Copon. He is a Filipino actor, Filipino-American. He was in One Tree Hill, but mm-hmm. I knew I but I know him as one of the boys in motion in the That's a Raven series on Disney. And, oh. Yeah. And I remember this song because it was like, boys, we are the boys in motion. <laughs> like, it was a pop <laughs> song. And I think because, like, obviously, you know, we grew up with, like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And, like, it's like a it's like a parody type of boy group on the show. But yeah. it was the first time I saw, like, an Asian-American man in a boy mm. group. And I was like, this is so cool. And he's he was hot. So Michael Copon, that was my first Asian male Hollywood crush. Wow. Yeah, we have an interesting spread there, I guess you can see, because probably Helen and I are are closer in age. So for us in that time period, 2002 was really when it kind of started. And for Mel, uh, you know, going into the animated (laughs) archives to dig. Um, But let's think about kind of modern day. We've obviously had a lot more uh, focus on Asian men in Hollywood and in the media. If you ladies think about all of the guys in media at this moment, we're in 2022, who do you admire the most right now and and why? Kind of like, you know, diving into what, what it is about them that you admire. And Helen, I'm going to say this before you answer after me. If you say Phil, I swear to God, <laughs> like that is such an easy cop-out answer because you're married to a guy in media. So I'm just like, 
Nope. I expect a different answer from you, um, but I'll go first. It is a different answer. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. You know, we do love Phil. So I guess I'll go first. So for me, the first, it was, a str- there's a couple people that like popped in my head, like John Cho was on my, on my list, but for some reason I can't stop thinking about Steven Yoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I really, he's, so he's an actor, probably most notorious for, you know, Walking Dead. But for me, I feel like I, I got to know Steven. I'm saying him like I know him. I never met him. <laughs> so I got to know more of his personality through his segments on Conan. And he was just hilarious. Like, his personality just feels so genuine. He has, like, this natural comedic comedic charm. And I just really admire the works and projects he's been a part of. He did. Um, he was part of Minari, telling, you know, the story of a, you know, like an immigrant Korean man and his family. And I, that role was very powerful. He's also taken part in like kind of Korean slash American projects like Burning, which is an independent film. And for me, everyone knows I'm into like Korean shows and stuff, but there's this like um, reality show in Korea called The Return of Superman that follows celebrity dads taking care of their kids for 48 hours. And Steven, you actually went to Korea and he was shooting something and he was like a guest on the show meeting a baby. And he was on the show because he was seeing how his wife was pregnant and he wanted to experience being with kids. It was really charming to see him, you know, step into this role of a dad and just like really see with kids. And like, I don't know, I think overall, too, what I maybe this just, of course, is like a public persona. Um, But I do like his public reputation. You know, again, like he was on Conan. He was funny. But he just seems like a very low key type of actor that just really Mm. just focus on the art of his work. And maybe a little, maybe a little reserved and like, cause I do know that he has a family, he has a wife and maybe, I don't know how many kids he has, but he kind of keeps things out of the spotlight. And I kind of appreciate that like private, but public personality, you know? So, um, I would say Steven, you is someone I really uh, admire right now. Curious to hear both of your answers. <laughs> Great choice, Mel. I agree. He is also someone that I think is very admirable right now um, in, in Hollywood. I'm actually still on Michael Cohen's Instagram page, so let me get off that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he has a really cute baby. Michael Cohen has a baby? Okay. Yeah. Wait, what? Sorry. My turn is... Hmm. Well, you you, you, you Google that or you search that while I uh, give you my answer, but um, I think <laughs> for me, high up on my list is DDK, Daniel Day Kim. I admire him a lot. Um, aside from the fact that he is just aging like fine wine. I mean, do you remember when he took off his shirt and always be my maybe? Remember that scene? A little bit. I remember looking at Philip and going, say what? Like, I did not know he was back and <laughs> underneath his button up shirts and suits that we always see him in, in galas and events. So I was like, whoa, very, very impressive. He is, um, he's 53 years old, by the way. So he's like the JLo for Asian men right now. Damn, yeah. And not only. He's 53? Yeah. Yeah. But he looks Cannot good. Like his skin yeah. is amazing too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is just an objectively handsome man with those sharp cheekbones. And he's also very actively involved in API advocacy. And I think that Mm. to me is very hot and admirable. Mm. I think the fact that he's been working in the industry for so long and being so persistent in it, I think recently, only recently did he land his first lead role in a TV series. He was a star of The Hot Zone on Hulu, I believe Mm. it was. And this was his first lead role after 31 years of persistence in this industry. It's 31 wow. years. It's crazy. And then now, you know, getting to a place where he can use his voice to advocate for his people to 
share the realities of how Hollywood had made it difficult for someone who looks like him and to shine a light on something like that in order to really plant a seed in people's minds that it's about time that things start to change. You know, all of that is just very admirable in my eyes. And I still remember when the whole Stop Asian Hate stuff came about, like him and Daniel Wu were one of the first in the within our community to really step it up and, and put their names out there uh, and rally people together. So that to me is an admirable use of his his stature and his power and his impact on our community. So DDK for mm. me. Mm. Yeah. That's all around, all around for all the reasons. Yeah. How about for you, Jay? Okay. So I feel like my answer for this, I have a couple if we have time to go through. Um, more of the obvious one that you ladies probably wouldn't be surprised of. I think we've joked around uh, as a good match for me would be Keanu Reeves. Yep. <laughs> So why do I admire him? Um, and now I think in hindsight, obviously he's had a long career and I didn't think of him as my first Hollywood crush because I think at that time he was playing more teenage roles when I was like younger, younger. Uh, perhaps like also within more, I don't know, more shows that might have been more popular among young boys. But Keanu Reeves, I think a lot of people have heard in Hollywood, he is no, obviously I don't know him personally. So all of my admiration is based off of, you know, third, <laughs> third party sources. But I've heard that he's incredibly kind and um, so appreciative of his fans and other people. There have been countless like stories and videos and photos of him being approached by people and fans in circumstances that other people might be very annoyed by of his stature. And yet he's just having a conversation and um, and very like observant and like reactive and engaged with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, have also heard that he will randomly be found like on the subway and the trains. I just think he's someone who seems like genuinely enjoys what he does, doesn't take what he his fame for granted, um, and is kind to other people. And I think that's incredibly admirable. Um, and I like that he has a little bit of that zoned out, a little bit not there, but like very wise person. Um, his kind of his vibe to him. The other person that I I thought about recently um, is. Jin Ha from um, who is the main actor in Pachinko. He's a South Korean born American actor. And let me tell you why I think he's admirable. Um, Less so for about like his character and his physical whatever. But if anyone watched Pachinko, he had to learn three languages. He was proficient in English Japanese and Korean and I felt like like I just remember watching him throughout that movie and thinking wow this is like such a challenging role to take on mm-hmm. um, not only for skill set what you needed but then the portrayal of such there was such a wide variety of emotions he had to portray and within that in that series and I just felt like he is so incredibly talented and then I ended up going down the rabbit hole of like Wikipediaing him and reading about his background, and he actually is like trained for Broadway. He's acted in like Hamilton and other Shakespearean works. So I don't know. I just found that really respectable and and admirable. Um, so that was the part that I found sexy was like a lot of his like characters and traits. Um, yeah. So those were those are some of mine. Uh, yeah, we knew Kriana Reeves. Uh, I was surprised that, uh, about Jin Ha, but it makes sense after you listed all his attributes. I'm like, oh, this is like all the things you actually find very attractive. Like, I can see you wanting... Let me just segue to dating. But I can see you being attracted to a man that's really well, like, cultured and into the arts and, like, has challenged himself to doing all these type of things. So it makes sense why you selected Jin Ha.
Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of hot, I would say the three of us have different definitions, but we, you know, what we would say the definition of hot is, mm-hmm. are the things that attract you different now than they were when you were younger? And if so, what are some examples? Mm-hmm. Helen, why don't you start us off? Sure. Um, I will say the difference now is, for one, the pickings are no longer slim, right? Perry Chen and the rest of the cast of Better Luck Tomorrow and Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> Those were the Asian hotties we had to choose from back in 2002, but now mm-hmm. when I think of someone who's hot, quote unquote, in Hollywood, we got like a Rolodex going on. We got Steven Yuen, we got Daniel Henney, Simu, one of our friends, mm. being one of People Magazine's sexiest men alive. And I think what makes someone hot these days is no longer just their looks. It's like the whole package. Back then, you would see someone on screen and in Seventeen Magazine or Cosmo or on MTV, and that was the only level of access you had to them. Nowadays, more often than not, you get a real glimpse into their lives through their social media accounts. All of the late night talk shows, like you were mentioning, Mel, on Conan. Um, all the interviews you can access from your fingertips through YouTube. You can watch them eat spicy wings and watch them sweat on hot ones. Like Social media has definitely played a role into us getting more access to celebrities these days than, than ever in the past. And to be honest, I think that does put a lot more pressure on these men to not only be hot, like just hot in acting but to be activists to like care for the community to show Mm -hmm. passion and other other activities to be a global ambassador Mm -hmm. like i think simu does a really good example of all of that he had 
literally one movie come out. Just one. It's a pretty big one, right? <laughs> pretty big one. But mm-hmm. so many people know him outside of that one movie as a UNICEF ambassador, as someone who's leading the charge on these charity basketball games, as a New York Times bestselling author, as someone who can like sing and dance and do backflips and shit. It's just like, it almost feel like it almost feels like you got to have much more range nowadays to be hot on another mm-hmm. level. It's like, fuck Mary kill game. A lot of people are trying to get into the Mary category versus before it might have just been the, mm-hmm. the fuck category. Um, and I don't know. I think I think it all of that whole package just to me, it is now that is a definition of of hot. It's much less weight on just the physical. And that's also because times are changing. Access is changing. We're all getting a little more stalkerish <laughs> because access is there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we desire more from our celebrities you know so i will say that is how the definition of hot has changed between now and 2002 only one movie perry chen that i watched and i was like oh he's hot and then kind of forgot about him situation yeah that was a great reflection of like generally how the population and how society has um redefined hot I was a little more selfish in my thinking through this question. And I was like, what did Janet find hot when I was younger versus what uh-huh. I find hot now? But of course, as a member of society, I'm influenced by a lot of what Helen is saying um, mm-hmm. and, or, or what she, what she, her reflection. I would say that when I was younger, I was much more focused on just the, on kind of the, the looks of a person, right? And, you know, that traditional, like, do they make you swoon? The, I think, which is, you know, a lot of what, like, old Hollywood was all about. And especially in our, in our time period when we were growing up, kind of almost like the troubled artist look, you know? You think about, like, the, I said that my type used to be kind of like the Shawn Mendes and Timothy Chalamet, like, a little bit more delicate and that kind of a thing. Um, and I think nowadays what I define as hot is a lot less based on physical and is a lot more based on like character and almost morality. Like Helen, when you highlighted, um, how nowadays someone in Hollywood, it's not just about their, their acting and about being good looking, but it's about what they, how they utilize their power. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think about how that reflects on a deeper level on a person's character Um, And if I had to summarize kind of like the two qualities that are kind of at odds, but that is really hot to see a man balance well, it is watching someone be equal parts unwavering in their confidence in in themselves and in their purpose, like in society, on earth, all of that. But then also being able to counter that with incredible humility and recognition that his accomplishments are from resources outside of himself. Whether that is the team of people working behind him, alongside him, you know, you want to speak spirituality, the higher power above or God or whatever, or even luck, you know, to be able to attribute, say like, yes, I've done all these things, but it is not just me. Like I wouldn't be here without a lot of other components. So nowadays, I think that what is hot is someone who can be equal parts confident, but then also have incredible humility. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Nowadays... Like, what is hot is, like, morality and character. <laughs> For me, at least. And maybe this is coming from a woman who's, like, in her late 30s, right? Maybe that's what I find hot now. I'm, I'm curious, Mel, as being someone in your younger 30s, how would, you, how would you reflect on the definition of hot? Okay, so I totally did not read this question like Helen. <laughs> uh, Helen, your, your answer was great, by the way. I, I definitely see the difference now of how, like, you did a good job of, like, showing the progression of, like, what is defined as desirable now with um, uh, towards like our male actors or the idols that people we admire. I definitely think now 
people are trying to fall in the Mary category. Mel's still in the fuck care category. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, you know, um, so I, I had trouble answering this a little bit or like I had, like I have an answer, but it's, just, it's not as like packaged as I would like it to be. Um, I think the older you get, for me, hot is, because I literally was sitting there like, what did I think was hot like when I was like, I don't know, 15, you know, it was so different back then. And so I, I think, and I thought about what do I think is attractive now? And a lot of it is actually his personality and character. Like, I mean, okay, I divide this to two. So for me, what I find really attractive now, and I'll explain why, is how considerate someone is, how good he is as a partner to me, what kind of dad, honestly. This is like a really, this is something I've been talking to my mom about. And Helen, I will say, maybe this is similar to media, like or listening to like media things, like, but the podcast recording we did with you and Phil had me thinking about this, is that what I find attractive is what kind of dad or partner my person's going to be in the delivery room, delivery room mm. when I decide to have a baby or when that, when that moment comes. I feel like a lot of times now there's a lot of talk and like, even in like how someone could describe themselves or situations, but it's all about the action too. It's like, are she at the end of the day, at the end of the day, are you going to deliver on this type of behavior? Um, so for me, it's the follow through of these traits, you know, um, I've always wanted someone caring, but what are they doing through their actions to show that they're caring? Um, another thing is, I, okay, this is like totally me being like what I would want for my partner <laughs> versus like a Hollywood type of actor. And I will say though, like, I do watch a lot of shows and like that are South Korean like entertainment shows and what they do a really good job at is that they showcase these actors in a very authentic way them hanging out with their friends them interacting with like society and public and stuff and like some of the like you see their personality come out and you're like wow it makes me fall in love with you even more because you're a human being like me so when I see my celebrities or even like guy I'm into like be silly and have a good time and enjoy each other's company, like them and like whoever they're with. It makes me, fi- it makes, I find them more attractive. It's like they're able to have a good time with their friends or whatever. This is really random, but so I was sitting there on my couch thinking like, what did I find hot when I was younger? And I, for some reason, I was thinking about like, when I was 10 years old or like in elementary school, I always had a crush on boys. But one thing I thought was hot when I was 10 is like, oh, he's good in PE. Oh, athletic. <laughs> yeah, kind of because. I think ever being thinking like, oh, he's such a fast runner. That's hot. Interesting. <laughs> right? You didn't have much to go off of when you were a kid. I used to actually be attracted to the guys who were did academically well, which is weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, those who were like, if they if they always got top score, I found that attractive. But yeah, that's, it, it's interesting. Yeah. To- <laughs> and I think, you know, one thing I'll admit too, like when I was younger, and maybe this also plays into the whole acting world is that. I thought a guy was attractive if he was popular. The popularity, mm. like if you're in the popular group, you're automatically hot, mm. kind of. Yeah. But if you were, if you just see like the acting Hollywood world, you could say Hollywood is this big, like, I mean, there's different types of personas in Hollywood, but like right. typically there's certain like, there's certain movies or certain things, you kind of will find them a little bit more attractive, right? That Maybe there's yeah. that correlation there. So that's how I kind of like... <laughs> Read this Mel question just went on uh, on about a tangent about not Hollywood stars, but who she wants in a guy <laughs> that's going to be personified in her Hollywood star. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I think that's all of us. Whenever we crush on someone, we're like, oh yeah, he could be husband material because of X, Y, and Z. He's not just Hollywood. It's like, yeah, do will I marry him? <laughs> I guess building off of that, how do you feel about Western versus Eastern? 
beauty standards. I mean, they are they are very different. And I guess you could see this in the context of Western white Hollywood versus the more ethnic mm-hmm. groups in Hollywood or U.S. versus Asia beauty standards, too. There's a lot to unpack here. But how do you feel about Western versus Eastern beauty standards for men? Yeah, you know, I think... For me, I thought about kind of the what are the more obvious um, top level opposites or like polarizing points of each of them. Um, like when I think about Western ideas of um, of attractiveness for a guy, I think very much more like beefcakey, macho, you know, like kind of I guess it's like the Thor, Chris Hemsworth kind of example, right, of being like like big chested and large arms and very overtly outwardly sexy and very outwardly assertive and just like a large presence. And then I think about Eastern standards of attractiveness and my my perception is that it's much more about kind of that quiet strength and being more stoic, uh, a lot more like the concept of less is more, you know, like you're, I guess you could call it like efficient in your assertiveness. Like they're not going to be bold and about it, but they will say the right thing at the right time that's necessary. Um, I also think about that person being more polished and refined almost in a suit um, versus maybe the Western, you think more of like sexy abs and like, I don't know, at the beach. Mm. Uh, But what was interesting is I'm like, are there any similarities? And I think, you know, that saying tall, dark and handsome. Mm -hmm. I wonder, is that like, do both cultures still value, they, they both consider like height to be an attractive trait and darkness. Like, I think, I don't know now, now within like Asian culture is like, that kind of also I feel like it's the opposite. seen as is the opposite still. It would appear so. Yeah, maybe like the lighter skin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Those are just, I just kind of thinking out loud of some of the, the ways that I've observed it. I don't know about you ladies. I think as someone who has my first, honestly, like taste of entertainment has been Eastern entertainment. Like I grew up watching Taiwanese soap operas, Korean dramas, and then I kind of dabbled into, then I got into Hollywood stuff. I still consume both. I think nowadays what I'm seeing is that there's, an, there's definitely overlap on beauty standards. For example, a big thing, a big change I'm seeing in Eastern culture, even just through my mutual friends who live in Asia, taking care of your physical health and having a fit body is something I'm seeing a lot more of. Mm-hmm. Gyms are like blowing up now in like Taiwan and like Korea. Even, and then for example, even shows like Singles Inferno on Netflix. These South Korean men are yoked. Like back in the day... Body wasn't a huge thing for like, it wasn't like the Taiwanese pop stars or like the pop stars back then was more like, oh, we just have a really pretty face. Mm. Like it's just a face is the focus, face and height. Body, we'll just put like really cool outfits on you. Nowadays, it's the, I think physical health is becoming a big thing, both not only in men, but in women too. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that kind of crossover happen a lot. Like I remember, this is so random, but like, I think in the Western culture, it's always been like, like kind of the Thor, Chris Hemsworth, that type of vibe. But I remember when I used to, when I got into K-pop, I was really into a group called 2PM, which I still love. But at the time, so, you know, K-pop groups like BTS, whatever, they're called like idol groups. When 2PM came onto the scene back in 2009, they were known as the Beast Idols because they're the first boy group that really were shredded. Mm. Like they were known for being on a strict diet. To, and they take off their clothes during their act. And everyone's like, damn, that's hot. So I think there's this, there's this shift happening. Mm. Um, but I do think there is still a, like a, a heavy Google difference. Search here. 
Yeah. <laughs> type in type in B style. Do hello. One of them is really hot. He's an actor named Tekyon. He's from Boston. Just letting you know. Um, and they're really? age appropriate. They're our yeah, age. I hear about this. Yeah. They're Tekyon's age from Boston. These are they're age appropriate. They're literally yeah. They're our age. So it's amazing. No, but I heard I heard um, about two p.m. Like one of my best friends loved two p.m. But I did not know they were the Beast Idols. So now I must. They're called the Beast anyway. Idol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can show you a bunch of videos. But I also think though, like there is a big difference with like beauty standards, like. I remember, like, for example, again, Singles of Frono, it was, like, a big, not honestly controversial, but, like, I remember, so Singles of Frono is, like, a dating show um, that's based in South Korea, but what I find interesting is because, obviously, that we all watch, like, The Bachelor and shows like that, but when they ask someone, like, say, on a Western show, like, what are you looking for in a partner? What are you looking for? It's always, like, you know, someone who's, like, a family-oriented, like, whatever, like, whatever. They'll just describe something like that. But Singles Inferno, they'll say things like, I would love, like, someone who has double eyelids or someone that has a very nice nose. And I'm like, wow, these are very, like, detailed things to note in a partner. But I think it's because maybe in Eastern culture or maybe in South Korea specifically, it's, like, the access to plastic surgery and that stuff is very normalized there. So what they're looking for in terms of beauty is very different than we look for here in the States, you know? So I'm definitely seeing that kind of like, there's some overlap happening nowadays, but there's still mm-hmm. going to be a difference, you know, um, in what we, what, what, what each society deems as like beautiful. So where do I land on that? I don't know. But yeah, these are some observations I'm noticing. Helen just dropped a really attractive photo. <laughs> I think I, I think I was like half listening. I'm sorry, Mel. And you like, you said 2 p.m. Beast Idols and then I Googled it and then sent something. And like you were saying, hello, men's health, men's health cover. <laughs> One of the guys from 2 p.m. without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I think on this topic, I do wonder for Asian men in Hollywood if they are kind of stuck right now, right? Between looking and carrying themselves as their white counterparts, mm-hmm. how they might be carrying themselves in Hollywood, and the standard of, say, a very like effeminate like K pop idol, right? It's like, we're, we're, I'm sure there's some sort of like tug and pull between like, which do I want to resonate mm-hmm. um, and reflect mm-hmm. in myself more? I was reading somewhere that K-pop isn't actually all that feminine. Like it, it depends on the lens of who's viewing them, right? Some can say that Western society is so hyper-masculine and forces masculinity down men's throats that, like you ladies are saying, if you're not six feet tall and you don't have abs and a beard, like you're not a real man. And if you don't have like a baritone voice, you lean more feminine, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean we're not Asian men in Hollywood, so we don't know the struggles that they're going through with their own personal images, but I would imagine that they're faced with the need to be hyper-masculine at times, especially living and acting or operating in a more Western world. Um, But I do feel like things are changing these days. Like, if you look at someone like Harry Styles, right, Mm. adding in a bit bit more of the the feminine components, but still maintaining his masculinity, or even, like, from the Asian community, Justin Min, who is a beautiful man, Mm -hmm. right, and not hyper-masculine. And he has definitely risen quickly in popularity, not only amongst the Asian fan base. So I feel like times are changing. Um, And even to what you were saying, Mel, like, Eastern non-U.S. Eastern uh, masculinity is also changing to look a little bit more Western. And maybe there's going to be a melting pot of everything sort of coming. I don't know. It's like it's like one way. It's, the Western way is leaning towards more Eastern and the Eastern way is leaning more Western. I also will mention, though, like, I do think when you think of someone hot, quote unquote, you do think someone like a Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans that's like very rugged and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
But when I think about the role BTS is playing right now, how there's so much global fandom of BTS, and they're just, they're, it's just like, wow, like, there's so many attractiveness can literally, like, I think we're kind of expanding the spectrum of what people Mm, define as. Right, right. And maybe I'm thinking more from a heterosexual woman, like, female perspective, Mm -hmm. but, like, I think that's, it's it's kind of broadening in in, Mm -hmm. in some way, so... I'm curious to see where this is this is going to go in the next few years, but yeah, interesting observations we have here, ladies. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters, and. What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, now we're going to play a little fantasy game. (laughs) Uh, I would like you ladies to imagine that there is a movie that's going to be created about your life. It's being produced. And thinking about your life story, who would you want to play the role of your most recent or your biggest like heartbreak? The one that got away, your ex. And then who would you want to be playing your current life partner? Let the fantasies flow. <laughs> um fantasizer right here this question's up my alley i may kind of expand a little too much on this as well (laughs) so this movie is playing in my head so i'm gonna just take a stab at this all right so my life partner i said justin min oh um Mm. i think he's so pretty and this is also based on just like comments made by our mutual friends like wes and porter justin is just like a really stand-up nice guy so i said i would cast justin min or I would cast Dev, Dev Patel. Mm. Um, I just really liked his role in Modern Love. He just seems like a really nice person. I just like the nice. There's something nice about these people, and and also if I could, you know, cast a K drama guy, it'd be Park Sojin because I'm obsessed with him. But I don't know if our English would be great. For my ex, I chose like Alex Landy because oh. um, he's very attractive. But like, I don't think I would. I would get stomped all over because he's so hot. <laughs> he seemed like he could be like the biggest ex and like, you know, I was like, I thought this is it, but it really isn't, you know? Or mm. I will say Harry Shum Jr. is someone that I really like too, but he could, you know, it's it's hard. It's like he could be life partner or ex. So I really don't know there. Mm. Um, just for fun too, because I just thought of other categories. I know this wasn't listed, but I'll just name other things. For a funny teacher in my movie, I chose Randall Park. For a... <laughs> Supportive, inappropriate friend. I chose Ronnie Chang. For like a big brother role, I actually chose Ki Hong Lee or Joel Booster. Mm-hmm. And for a father, I chose James Sato, who also was in Always You My Maybe. He played the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Modern Love. So I kind of expanded mm-hmm. this question with no one asking me. But, you know, if you guys <laughs> want to see a movie, movie. <laughs> if you want to see a movie, me. No, I love this, it. This is it what allows I have. us to visualize it. <laughs> Yeah, Helen, what did you say? LOL. Um, okay, I said biggest heartbreak. I mean, I think if this is like reflection of real life, I think all the guys I've dated have been pretty 
amazing. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd want some contrast between my ex and my life partner in the movie. So if we were really putting our thinking caps on, um, I'd probably want like a badass to play my ex, like a Jay Park, someone mm-hmm. who's all tatted up or Dwayne Johnson, oh. The Rock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Or Louis Louis Tan also has like (laughs) fatty boys. What? Ah, yo, he's Asian. Okay, sorry. Okay, as you're saying this, like you're like, sorry. I just have memories of past experiences you shared with me, and I'm just like, casting's on point there. I'll just say that. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, but I do. (laughs) Um, For my life partner, I'd pick someone who has edge, a bit of swag, but also someone that you can trust to be by your side long term. Like, this is where you said, don't say this. My current life partner, Philip. He's an actor, right? I can pick him. <laughs> no. Okay, I have I have some other one backup ones in case I saw I saw your face. Backup. <laughs> Make the face it just did. Um, Henry Golding. Oh. Because he seems like a really good dad through the socials. Um, or similar to you, Mel, I was going to say like a Harry Shum type. Actually, just to add on this real quick, Helen, it'd be really funny. I would love to like be like, hey, Phil. In Helen's um, Helen's biopic thing, who would you mm. want to play you? Yeah, he would probably have a better answer than me. <laughs> These are good. Op- I could see I could see Henry Goldie and Harry Shum as yeah yeah. As your That's good good casting. Yeah. So for my life movie, if I had to cast the role of an ex, I went kind of I guess more like personal sentimental instead of like what feels more marketable or makes sense for the storyline because I had uh John Cho as kind of my first like official Hollywood crush I kind of just out of sentiment would cast him for that role um and I think there's something a little elusive about him too he has a little bit of the troubled artist kind of vibe that I feel like would would play a good like teenage old heartbreak type personality uh for a life partner i actually had also said dev patel Mm. um i i think what was attractive to me about dev is i think he has such like a boyish and youthful good-hearted energy about him um and this is kind of random but you know given like a couple or many many episodes ago we had like our um fortunes told her our like uh we had Mm -hmm. a a reader and she had mentioned that you know a good quality for a partner for me would be somebody who really like brings a lot of laughter in your life and and has and really really lives life and so now i think about like a life partner in that context is who would have kind of this youthful energy and bring that kind of light to to complement my life um, so yeah, I would say ex John Cho, life current life partner Dev Patel. I would have watched that movie. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Me too. Me too. If you had to work with one of them, who would you choose though? If I had to work with one of them of the people that I mentioned, I would probably work with The Rock because <laughs> he seems like someone who'd be really <laughs> fun to work with, and he could like double as my bodyguard or something. <laughs> You That's guys, a practical I, answer. Yeah. I'm, also, I'm also already married, so I'm not trying to make anything happen here. I just want some fun. <laughs> That's totally fair. How about for you, Jay? Uh, for me, if I had to choose one of those uh, guys to work with, I would definitely choose Dev Patel. No offense mm-hmm. to John Cho, but, <laughs> but I just feel like Dev would be um, fun to, like, hang out with. Like, you know, I could imagine, like, time off um, when you're, like, the cameras are not rolling and all of that, that he'd be very comfortable to be around. So, yeah. I don't know. How about you, Mel? Okay, so I think my answer is a cheat answer because I I just said someone that wasn't my life partner or my ex, but someone I personally casted in my other movie. I would love to. <laughs> so many movies. Okay, honestly, okay, I have two answers. Park Sojun, honestly, just because I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. and I think he's hella hot. 
But I actually would love to work with Randall Park. I feel like mm. I did get to work with him on the Wong Fu movie, but it was like really brief moments. But he just seems like such a stand-up man, and I feel like he'll like be fun to have around set and also give really good guidance for someone, like a mentoring type of vibe, but just also like in a mm. fun way, though, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I said Randall Park. All right, well, who would be your hall pass, assuming once we are all married? My hall pass would definitely be Daniel Honey. No questions <laughs> Straight to the point. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he has that like very classic, handsome charm. And I don't know, I think something about his, I feel like he gets better with age, mm. like more hot. So that'd be my answer. I don't know. What about you, Mel? I said Park Sojourn. Like that was, I know, he's he about to cross over in Hollywood and be in Captain Marvel. But yeah, mm. Park Sojourn. Hey. Um, for me, it was always, I was going to say Godfrey Gao, R.I.P. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And then my second has always been Daniel Henney as well. He's probably the most, like, I would say probably the most handsome Asian man in Hollywood yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. So. Helen is actually the married one. So we're like, okay, these are, this is a real answer. Yeah, this is a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me away from Daniel Henney. <laughs> Hall pass aside. If you could have a one-night stand with uh, one of these men, who would it be? Um, and then secondly, if you had to go on a two-week fantasy vacation, so now you get 14 nights with this individual to anywhere in the world. And then if you had to marry one. So this is kind of like the fuck, marry, kill, but three different scenarios. Who would be your choices? I'm going to give context and say, I just went with like, I didn't use my list. I just went like Asian actors, period. Yeah, yeah. So my one night stand will be with the the guy on my poster in my in my bed my bedroom. He is An Bo Hyun, which is the actor in My Name and in Yumi Cell, and he was a villain in One class. But I remember I like got obsessed over him, and mm. I literally I think I told Helen I was like I never wanted to like hook up with a, a Korean actor as much as I do with this one. Mm. And everyone's telling me that I was like he's so hot. Two week fantasy vacation. Wait, question. I thought I thought you were a bigger fan of Park Seo Joon. Okay, so my answer for a two week fantasy vacation is Park Seo Joon, but like An Bo Hyun is just like physically, I'm just like I my oh, animal okay, instincts it, come it. out. The one know, night like, stander. Yeah. <laughs> the cougar, like the one the need to pounce is very strong for that one. Different feeling. <laughs> Wait. Okay, question, because we have already talked about this on the podcast. You are kind of not, you, you're, you're kind of seeing one, someone right now, like just dating, right? If you have a poster um. up of another man as a 30-something-year-old woman in your room, <laughs> has he made a comment about this poster? He was like, oh, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not bothered by it at all. He's like, okay. Mm. <laughs> you, you're going to come back and there's going to be like a mustache drawn on it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'd be so mad if that happened, but no, he's very accepting of it, apparently. Um, but yeah, he's a chill dude. You don't care. It's all fantasy. It's not real. <laughs> um, for Mary, honestly, I don't have an answer for that. I don't think I like mm. these actors are great, but no one. I'm just like, I want to marry you. Mm. And that's like the reality. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Thanks. I'm sure your man will appreciate that, too. Or Helen. Okay, well, obviously, I am a married woman with a child, but that doesn't mean the girl talk needs to stop, right? So, uh, clearly, this will never happen. <laughs> but if I had to choose, if you guys are forcing me to choose one, uh, Philip Wang first, and then, <laughs> and then, let's get to the fun. And then I would say, um, this is for the one night stand, Daniel Henney. 
and uh, Hyunbin from Ooh. Crash Landing. I think that man is fire. He's hot. Um, Two-week fantasy vacation. I would probably say, and I'm just picking from the same people again, probably Daniel Henney or Henry Golding. Both of them seem like they'd be good personalities mm. and easy to get along with and sporty and we'd want to go, like, go exploring and things like that. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, same answers for Mary. Always Philip Wang first. Got to put that in there. <laughs> That's loyalty right there. I think I respect that. I like that. Um, oh, I like how you thought about what you would do on your fantasy vacation and if the guy would also be into that. Mm. Um, I know what I'd be doing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am. That was like, there's only one activity on our agenda for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Swimming. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, my one night stand would also be da- Daniel Honey. I think just kind of, yeah, y'all, for the same reasons. You only, better, get, you you only get one night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Jay, you have more of an opportunity to because I'm married and you still single and free. You <laughs> Wait, go get it. I have to throw a side. I have to throw a cur- curveball question. Let's pretend this hall pass is happening and there's a one night stand involved. Would you mm. both move forward with it knowing that he's going to be with you guys back to back? No. That would be weird for me. Yeah, same. No. Um, oh dear! I thought oh gosh, this is, yeah. This is totally. This is totally like the the situation on The Bachelor right now. If anyone is watching, or the last season. Oh. With the yeah. fantasy suites and Colton going doing back to back. Ah, I think that's so hard. I feel like that's yeah. I don't think that I could. Yeah, I could do that. He doesn't. I would say he doesn't have. Even though he's Daniel Henney, he doesn't have that much power over mm. us. Yes. And then for my two week fantasy vacation, I said Dev Patel, and. Partially thinking about two weeks that I'd spend with this person. I feel like we'd have a really good time. Um, I kind of, to be honest, answered Daniel Henney for one night because I don't know that I know enough about him to feel comfortable spending two weeks with him. You know what I mean? Like for him, for me, he is like someone that's just beautiful to look at. Um, I don't know. I'd never met him. So maybe if I talked to him, I had a conversation otherwise. But Dev Patel's personality Mm. draws me in um, for a two-week vacation. And then for marriage... I have to go back to my um, the veteran answer, which is Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. a man with a good heart and character like that um, to have to spend the rest of your life with, for sure, for sure. Okay, I have to bring this up, and I don't know if we want to include this in the podcast or not because these are private conversations, but I thought, Jay, at some point you were going to bring up a basketball player. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did want to mention him, but I felt bad because everyone else had only given one answer, and I, I, he would have been my third person. For which one? For the for the one night stand, or like for which one? No, actually, he was all the way in the beginning about who do you admire most in media now. Mm. So my answer actually had nothing to do with the physical. Okay. Um, well, if you if we can, if you were to add if you were to add him in for this last question that we just asked for one night stand, two week fantasy vacation, or Mary, mm. did we say his name yet? Do we need to define who this person is? Asian American basketball player. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean, I give just giving some context and background now. Um, we did meet him at a at an event that um, uh, Helen played in the charity basketball event in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, if anyone knows me, you ladies know I know nothing about sports. I'm really, really bad with, like, I will watch them socially with friends. But um, obviously he he was really big in sports during Glinsanity. Uh, but I don't, beyond, like, pop culture, I didn't know very much about him. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole of, like, doing research once we met him. And I was like, wow, he has um, gone through a lot as an individual. And not only is his career admirable, but he 
is very involved with like nonprofit work and um, is very vocal about using his platform and his fame for the benefit of like other causes and missions and people out much outside of himself. And I just found that like to be really attractive and really admirable and really hot. And um, that even even if you had, you know, like maybe there was a period of a couple of months when you were like super, super like on the front page of everything, but and you might not be like the thing that's in now in media, but you're obviously big enough in many circles where your impact lasts like, you know, um, infinitely or indefinitely. So I thought that was really attractive. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you, did you answer which one you would categorize him into, Jay? Oh, Mary. if it was like one night stand, um, two week vacation or marriage. Yeah, I think he, for the reasons that I was attracted to him, it'd be more marriage, not uh for any of those other reasons mm. but I also I mean obviously he's very very religious and I'm I'm not uh associated with a particular religion so for practicality reasons because that would be the only blocker right <laughs> uh, one degree of separation we're so we were so <laughs> close so close I will say though I still think Kiana Reeves is like the better option for Janet as a marriage we're, we say as if we know these people like personally <laughs> you know honestly we never know we might need a hall pass. We don't know what's going to happen. This is true. I will say this is a lot more fun than I expected. Um, I also do want to read more upon some of these guys. I kind of hope you guys like dig deeper about like the 2 p.m. B style thing. It makes me really excited. Yeah. I feel like I actually need to do more research on Keanu Reeves, even though like Jay, you spent a lot of time, like you have shared a lot about him, but I don't know much about him. So mm. definitely are going to Google more people. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in into this, like, you know, round table girl talk conversation that we haven't had in a while. I thought these are combos we kind of had between us sometimes on road trips or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just for fun. So it's kind of fun to like, you know, put the mic back on and talk about this. Um, we kind of hope you have all these conversations with your friends. Curious to hear who is your celebrity crush right now? Mm-hmm. And let us know in the comments in our most recent Instagram post. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonate with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is Asian Boss Girl. And we have a couple of birthday shoutouts today from Rachel in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada to Yvonne. Happiest birthday, boo-boo. Wanted to remind you that you are doing amazing, sweetie. And to Lucinda from Vanessa, your little that loves you so much in Seattle, Washington. Happy 22nd birthday, Lucinda. Thank you for being who you are, an Asian boss girl, no doubt, and I hope you have an amazing day like you are. Thank you so much, BG. From Grace in Melbourne, Australia to Anita, happy 30th birthday, Anita, wishing you lots of happiness and joy on this milestone birthday. If you'd like to send a few words of encouragement or a shout out to a friend, check out the link in the show description or our link tree in our link in bio on Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. But with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.